Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have details on the annual Crop Production Show, which opens today in Saskatoon, along with a number of farm group annual meetings. The province has released this year's club route map. There are more infected fields. Real Agriculture has a cattle market update with Ann Wasco. We have details on CP Rail's use of now new high-efficiency trains. And a piece on new high-tech way to discover issues with cattle simply by identification. It's a second piece on the Betsy system. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. One of the busiest agricultural weeks in Saskatoon begins later today. The gates open at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show at noon. Leanne Hurlbert is the Agriculture Manager at Prairieland Park. She's been involved with many previous crop production shows, but this will be her first as manager. It's also the 40th anniversary of the Western Canadian Crop Production Show. The show started back in 1983 in the Jubilee Building, and now we've grown to our trade centre and uh, all of the buildings. So we are very excited to host exhibitors that have been here for 40 years. There are more than 330 companies and organizations at the Crop Production Show. They'll all be vying for farmer attention. Kevin Hirsch farms at Cabri in the southwest and is also an agricultural journalist and commentator. Producers will always be kicking tires and, and looking where price levels are at. They'll also be, if they haven't bought fertilizer already, where that price may be going and try to understand that market and, and when the best time to pull the trigger on purchases are. Hirsch says there will be plenty of equipment on display, but delivery times on purchases will vary. If you want to buy a new drill or want to buy a, a new tractor, when will it actually be delivered? So that becomes a, a question. The, the availability and the supply chains have been pinched, and it's not a case of going to the crop show and talking to air cedar manufacturer X and necessarily having it for spring. It might be spring of 2024 before you get it. So those kinds of considerations also come into play as people are having discussions at Crop Show. In addition, the various agricultural producer development commissions will hold annual general meetings in conjunction with the Crop Production Show. First off the mark, 
This morning was the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. One of the highlights is a vote on a resolution to amalgamate Saskweed and the Saskatchewan Winter Cereals Development Commission. Brett Halstead farms at Nokomis and is chair of Saskweed. The resolution is expected to pass based on previous discussions over the past year. We've gone through a consultation process and all but one or two people liked the idea of it and thought we were on the right track and then we followed that up with an actual implementation plan, and same thing, just about everybody liked it. Also on tap today, the wheat and pulse crop market outlooks and the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Annual General Meeting. Hours at the Crop Production Show are noon till 6 today, 9 to 5 tomorrow, and Wednesday, and then 9 to 4 on Thursday. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalley on 620 CKRM. This is Saskatchewan government has released the latest clubroot distribution map outlining the RMs where clubroot has been found. The soilborne disease can cause significant yield losses in susceptible crops like canola and when environmental conditions are favorable. Key to reducing yield losses include crop rotation, resistant varieties, and sanitation practices. Last year, over 500 fields were inspected. Officials found visible clubroot symptoms in two more commercial canola fields and the clubroot pathogen in four new fields. To date, visible clubroot symptoms have been confirmed in 82 commercial fields, while the pathogen has been detected in 42 fields with no visible symptoms. All producers with visible symptoms have been notified, but the specific land locations are kept confidential to protect farmers' privacy. The clubroot map shows affected RMs south northwest and northeast of Saskatoon, northeast of Yorkton, and a couple of RMs west of Swift Current. We'll have more details tomorrow on Agri-News. John Deere Farm Machinery was a big part of the massive consumer electronics show last week in Las Vegas. Usually, the initial keynote presentations made by companies like Microsoft, Apple, or Amazon. This year, it was John Deere, an agricultural and a construction equipment manufacturer. This is John Deere Chief Executive Officer John May. When I began working in this industry 25 years ago, everyone focused on equipment and making that equipment larger and more powerful. At that time, the bigger the equipment was, the more efficient it was in a field, building a highway, or at a construction site. This is fundamentally changing. Today, Farming, construction, and road building is less about the size of the machines and more about technology, intelligence, and sustainability, both economic and environmental. Last Thursday, John Deere unveiled a new sensor-based fertilizer placement technology for planters as part of the company's keynote address at the CES Tech Industry Show in Las Vegas. The technology is called the Exact Shot System. This is Deanna Kovar, John Deere's Vice President, Production and Precision Ag Systems. Many farmers apply starter fertilizer while planting. Today, based on technology available to them, they spray the fertilizer continuously down each row of seeds, even though only the seed needs the jolt. As of today, this is going to change. John Deere's new exact shot technology allows farmers to apply starter fertilizer precisely at scale with speeds up to 10 miles per hour and only where the seeds are planted. This reduces the amount of starter fertilizer farmers need by more than 60%, while still allowing them to maintain the speeds they need 
to get the job done on time. Kovar says this will result in major cost savings to the farmer as well as benefiting the environment. About two-tenths of a milliliter directly onto the seed at the exact moment it goes into the soil. The speed, synchronization, and precision at which this is happening in the field was previously unthinkable. The combination of sensors and robotics delivers a massive cost savings to the farmer and a significant benefit to the environment. Because in the process of growing corn today, fertilizer accounts for a large portion of total greenhouse gas emissions. That means exact shot can have an immediate, measurable impact on our environment today. With more detail on that, this is Johnny Hindman, John Deere's Chief Technology Officer. Farmers growing corn on the 90 million acres in the U.S. apply about 140 million gallons of that in-furrow starter fertilizer every year to help those seeds turn into productive plants. With ExactShot, which Deanna just introduced, we can reduce the amount of fertilizer needed by more than 60%. That's 93 million gallons. Based on today's commodity prices, this can save farmers $650 million on input costs. But it also prevents that wasted fertilizer from encouraging weed growth or increasing the risk of running off the field and into a waterway. In addition to fertilizer, U.S. farmers also use more than 23 million gallons of herbicides annually in the United States for weed management. Using sea and spray technology, we can reduce that by up to two-thirds. That's 15 million gallons of herbicide. This could save U.S. farmers roughly a billion dollars based on today's input prices. The previous comments were made last Thursday by John Deere officials at the Consumer Electronics Show in Los Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's chat beef markets. We're joined right now for the beef market update by Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange. And great to chat with you. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to you too, Sean. And give us a bit of an update here, what we're seeing in the first week of January when it comes to prices. Well, we're starting off 23 pretty good, I would say. In the U.S. here this week, I'll call the South mostly 157, which is steady with last week. There's a couple trades at 156, but which would be a buck lower. And in the North, 252, which is also fully steady with how we closed off 2022. So starting on, on good, solid footing in terms of prices, um, that wholesale market that we like to talk about every week, the choice cutout closed last night at 281.65. That's kind of steady with just before or just before the end of the year, but it's sixteen dollars a hundred higher than where it was two weeks ago. And what's going on there, Sean, is we've got, of course, the smaller holiday uh, slaughter going on in both the U.S. and Canada because of the holidays, and that means less beef. And when there's less beef and there's good demand, guess what happens to prices? So um, I think once you get back into normal kill schedules, you'll see that cutout come down a bit. But wow, these are big prices for this time of year. At a wholesale level. Yeah, and, and based and on then, where, based oh. on where the cash prices are and where that cutout is right now, are packers where, where's the profitability at? Well, they've been able to with this uh, $16 jump in uh, in wholesale prices versus before Christmas, they have been able to clamber back in back into uh, kind of a break even to a plus side whereas before Christmas of course they were, you know, 50 to $100 in the red. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And then just to finish off on the prices, Sean, in Alberta, we did finally see um, another buck added to the draft market this week. Uh, so 310 delivered. It's been a slow grind, but we're, we continue to see that market pick up um, a little bit just before Christmas and now some more here after the new year. The average, I think, when Canfax releases it later today will be probably in the high 180s. So, again, starting the, the year off in, in good shape. So th- those lower carcass weights that we're seeing is that a signal and 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 if it is a signal what is it a signal of well uh, yeah good point on on the steer carcass weights in canada we actually the last report that just came out um a 17 pound decline from the previous week and we're down 34 pounds from those big weights i was talking about in late october early november and yeah granted some of this is you know that some of it's seasonal but these are some pretty good declines and so that tells me assuming that we continue to get that kind of data coming out this week and next week that we are finally getting through some of these big heavy cattle that got so backed up in the fourth quarter and i'm not going to say it all cleans up overnight but this is the trail to recovery in my opinion okay that's good so it's an indicator then it's not necessarily like a uh, looking backwards, it, it helps us. Well, we are looking backwards at some of the data, exactly. but it, but, it, but it's, it's telling us something about the go forward then that it, that is positive. It has a positive narrative yep. to it. Absolutely. So that that's the piece that I think will help us on the leverage front as we go through the first quarter. Okay, we got a live cattle export uh, report. Uh, basically, I think up to November. What what did it tell us? Yeah, stats came can came out with their November live cattle export data this week, and there's no question here in twenty or last year in 2022, more fed cattle, fat cattle, more feeders made their way to the U.S. versus 21. So in November alone, three uh, percent more fat cattle moved south year to date for 2022. It was up 17 percent. Feeder exports, I talked a lot about those early in 2022. They certainly slowed up um, as we finished off the year, but they're still going to end the year 55% larger than 21. And there's no question cow exports, slaughter cow exports in November were pretty aggressive. Lots of cows coming to market, as we all know, and we saw a 17% increase uh, of cows heading south. It's been a long time since we sent 23,000 um, cows to the U.S. in one month, and that's what happened in November. But there is no question, Sean, that we will be looking, we both in the U.S. and here in Canada, will be looking at smaller beef supplies in 2023. That is that is a an absolute for sure. We've started to see signs of that even as we've we finished off 2022. So that, in a nutshell, is going to continue to lead to these higher prices that we're, we're in the transition to right now. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 1. Fog patches developing overnight, the low, minus 11. Tomorrow, cloudy, 60% chance of light snow. Fog patches dissipating in the morning, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 8. Tomorrow, low, minus 13. 
Wednesday, cloudy, the high minus 11, low minus 15. Thursday, sunny with a high minus 6, the low minus 8. Friday, sunny with a high minus 5, the low minus 9. Saturday, cloudy, the high minus 3, 30% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 11. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 7. Normal high for this date is minus 11 degrees, the normal low is minus 23. The sun rose at 8.57 this morning, it sets at 5.14 tonight. And currently, the hot spot is Maple Creek at plus 5 degrees. The cold spot is Loon Lake at minus 15. And if we take a look at the temperatures, Estevan right now is minus 3. Saskatoon is minus 13. Swift Current is, is 0, plus 1 in some parts of the airport is plus 1. The city itself, 0. Weyburn is minus 2 and Yorkton is minus 10. In Regina with overcast skies it's minus 7 that's 19 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 15. Humidity is 82 percent. The barometer dropping 101.0. Cloudy and Moose Jaw 0. Winds are from the south southwest at 35. Once again Regina overcast and minus 7 that's 19 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. CP Rail says it's gradually increasing the amount of grain moved with its 8,500-foot high-efficiency product trains, which were introduced in 2018. The so-called HEP trains are used at elevators that can load the cars in 16 hours or less and are being shipped to a facility with that same capability. Jared Farmer is CP Rail's Managing Director of Canadian Grain Sales. Through the loading process, the locomotives stay with the train. Our crew pulls up with the train, pulls it off the main line, leaves it with the power. The elevator crew gets on. They load the train with our power. When they're done in 16 hours, our crew comes back, gets on the train, does the safety inspection, and they depart. Farmer says the HEP trains are improving rail car cycle times. With the 8,500-foot HEP trains, we're actually seeing cycles as good as uh, seven days to Vancouver, full cycle. You know, in the old model, the typical 112 model was 10 to 11 days. And as, as little as, say, 10 to 15 years ago, those cycles, we were happy if it was 18 to 21 days. Farmer was asked about how well the HEP trains operate under very cold conditions. It depends on the level of cold, and we've actually come up with some really fantastic technologies over the last few years for monitoring track temperatures. So we actually have devices by which we monitor temperature at track level. It's not like taking the temperature from the Weather Channel. It's right at track level so that we can be in the prairies looking out into the mountains and determining whether trains need to be shortened. Now with the power configuration on these 8,500 foot trains, we have gone through full winters without shortening them because of the power configuration at the front, middle and at the end and keeping that air pumped up. So trains do get shortened. 
it depends on the level of cold that we're experiencing in certain areas and we will actually shorten trains before we get into those specifically cold areas in order to keep the operation fluid and we're getting more and more sophisticated at uh, putting that on it uh, you know that shortening and taking it off as necessary to, to move as many cars as possible. Jared Farmer with CP Rail was speaking at the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan annual meeting last month in Sask. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com we have more information today from Mokar Shemigalski with One Cup AI and their cattle recognition system known as Betsy. She was telling us they're able to set up cameras where cattle gather on a farm or ranch, and the system will capture all the unique features of every animal. So Betsy can determine exactly which one may be having an issue, be it illness, time to breed, or anything else that may come along. And then it can send a notification to the farmer or rancher's phone to let them know. Shmigalski says Betsy is really adept at pinpointing the animals, even if they look very similar. Reporter Cheryl Brooks asked if the system is constantly updating things in the event there are changes in the herd, such as during calving season. When the newbies come, then they're associated with that mother cow. And then once they get their own tag, they get to have their own tag number as well in the system, as well as their face ID. Now, from the work that you've done with Betsy, have you been surprised at just of all the actual differences there are among cattle herds? Yes. So there's obviously different breeds, different ways of ranching, and I have a basic background in in livestock, but I'm learning every day. I learn so much more about this industry. One thing I was looking on your website, and I noticed that you had something for hog farmers as well, pork producers. So is that something that you're going to be venturing into as well as maybe into pig herds? Absolutely. So we're venturing into all the different livestock species because a lot of producers have more than one species at their farm and they might want to watch them all with the same system. So this takes out a lot of that additional need for other systems to be in place at the farm. And with swine, there's a lot of biosecurity hazards and they tend to get sick a little bit more often. So being able to tell when pigs are acting differently earlier could really make a difference in how those pigs are treated. Let's just talk a little bit about how a person, say a farmer reaches out to you, a rancher reaches out to you. How do you go about setting up the system? So what they would do is they would go onto our storefront and they would choose their number of cameras that they want based on how many animals that they're watching in the areas at their farm that they're going to be watching them. Then we would add on some Wi-Fi gear, and they would click and pay, and after that, it comes into our system, and we would prepare the cameras. So the system comes ready to use straight out of the box. All you have to do is plug everything in, and it just does its thing. There's always the ability to reach out if you have any further questions. So on our, both our website and our storefront, you can reach out to me or one of our technical team and ask any questions that you might have especially around the area of in integrating into pre-existing camera systems that they, that producers might already have on farm. Oh, so that can be possible too. Absolutely. So a lot of producers in this day and age are 
upgrading their farms as well. And so they might already have camera systems that they've painstakingly installed. And we want to be able to provide value to those producers as well without having to force them to buy additional hardware. I just want to clarify something. Do the animals have to be actually on the farm or in pasture somewhere, you know, during grazing season and you can still keep track of them? So during grazing season, it's a little trickier because they're often quite far away and we do need connectivity to the cameras to be able to upload into the cloud. However, a lot of producers will have solar options in the field and we can sometimes work within a solar option to get connectivity out to where they are or producers will also have a central watering where the animals come to multiple times a day and that can be a good location for say one camera to just monitor animals as they come in to drink count how many times they're coming in to drink and check for things like limping behavior or anything that looks unusual for those animals. What about uh, the animals and the cameras themselves? Are they fairly curious that they come right up to it or do you place it in an area where they really can't touch it? Well, we have to place it in an area where they can't touch it because they are very curious. (laughs) And our number one camera loss to date has been cameras placed a little too close to where the animals can reach because without fail all the different species will come up to the cameras and sniff them and lick them and try to pull the cables out of them. <laughs> Live and learn, right? <laughs> yep, that was how we discovered how high cameras had to be placed. <laughs> <laughs> so once again then, if people want to know more, obviously you have a website that people can check out and find out more about the system. Yep, absolutely. It's just onecup.ai and everything is on there as well as a link to our shopping site too. That's Mocha Schmigelski of One Cup AI talking about their animal recognition system known as Betsy. If you'd like to find out more about them, once again, their website is onecup.ai. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water, they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola dropped 720 at 846.82. Number one red spring wheat fell 91 cents at 415.56. The rest were unchanged. Durham 496.28. Feed barley 356.57, chickpeas 925.95, flax 682.98, lentils 757.50, oats 266.32, yellow peas 476.89, and feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for March gained three and three quarter cents at 905 and a half cents. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Last week, the good cows, they brought 85 to $1.03. Medium cows were 60 to 80 The good bulls, they were selling up to $1.23. The feeding cows, they were a buck to a buck 25 And the heiferettes were $1.40 to one sixty. Folks, our first pre-sort internet sale of the spring is going to be Thursday, January the 19th. Canada source for quality Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,200 hogs Friday, 
selling at a range of $195 to $207 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,900 head, selling at a range of $193 to $206 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, January 7th are Woolly West 2020, 194.80, Woolly West 2021, 209.80, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 198.13, Hounds Cash, 196.13, Thunder Creek Burko, 201.49, High Life Cash and Contra, $209.62 per CKG. Hams cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was up 42 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3486. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.83 cents US. Daily US cash prices are mixed to start the first full market week of 2023. Uncommitted hogs in the Western Corn Belt improved a dollar two US 100 weight, while the national form has pulled back 50 cents relative to the previous day. The afternoon report on Friday showed the value of the cutout came in $0.32 cents lower, resulting in a weekly net change of $3.81 a hundredweight. Lean hog futures found some support this morning, but the price action is not considered a trend reversal yet by any means. Futures may only be defying an interim bottom after seeing six straight sessions of pressure over the past week and a half. There are expectations that the market will recover heading further into the spring, but futures are well off the highs that were put in on December 27th. In terms of Canadian forward contracts, a full-range contract is more than $11.25 Canadian per CKG lower than it was on December 27th, and seeing additional pressure from the Canadian dollar, which has gained almost 2% since then as well. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRN. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. A tweet from Elon Musk indicating that Tesla might allow some owners who are testing a full self-driving system to disable an alert that reminds them to keep their hands on the steering wheel has drawn attention from U.S. safety regulators. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it asked Tesla for more information about the tweet. Last week, the agency said the issue is now part of a broader investigation into Tesla's using the autopilot driver assist system that have crashed into emergency vehicles. Tesla has been beta testing full self-driving using untrained owners since 2021. Earlier this year, the company said 160,000 were participating. Tesla didn't respond to a message seeking comment. The Alberta government is refusing to release information on toxic contaminants in snowpacks downwind from mountaintop removal coal mines. The data was collected by two senior provincial scientists looking into how windblown dust from mines in B.C. affected a pristine Alberta alpine lake. But Alberta Environment and Protected Areas redacted the information from a Freedom of Information request submitted by Canadian Press. The news agency has confirmed through several sources that the data on snowpack contamination exists. The scientists in their research also found that coal mine dust had contaminated the lake's sediments to the point where they're as contaminated as lakes downwind from the oil sands. On the markets today, the TSX has risen 162 points to 19,977. The Dow has gained 252 points to 33,883. Oil has gone up $1.45 at 75.22 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.80 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. 
Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.